Welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Thank you, Lord. We're going to be uh, looking at Psalm 22. Don't think I need man. I've got it all down here. So, Whew, I'll take my card and off for a bit because it's fluctuates in here a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> and I get warm, and then I'll get cold. Oh, well, this is one of my favourite favourite top, topics because uh, this is um, one of the things that has always made me frightened of God <clears throat> and uh, that was uh, the things we were told in church were that, like, that God, when Christ hung on the cross, that God completely turned his back on Jesus because he couldn't look on sin. And it has always, always bothered me and made me feel that God was a very angry God. And, you know, I was a sinner. I was saved, saved by grace, but, you know, I was still doing and thinking wrong things. So I thought it would just beat me over the head. And so this psalm had a big impact in my life making me like a million miles away from God. And like I said, just me loving Jesus, that's what kept me on the path. So when I started to get these revelations about Father God, I know he was a father, like we learned last week from the prodigal son, this psalm came up and I thought to myself, what about this? Where does this fit in? And just by chance, the book I was reading, which was another C. Baxter uh, Kruger book, um, was a full chapter on Psalm 22. My God, my God, well, I thought, crumbs, there's got to be something in this. And I read it and it was amazing. And so wherever I go, there are, there are two things I ought, if I get chance to teach, it's always on the dancing God, the Father out of God, and always on, listen, I need to tell you about Psalm 22, about my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? So this is a great opportunity for you. And when you read his books, uh, do read his books, and they're amazing. You'll just grow into them. I mean, I'm, I'm only C-grade. Me, I'm not, like, clever, you know. Um, but God just gives you this revelation and this understanding to read certain books. Yeah. Sharon always gets me, oh, it's a bit beyond me that, I'm a bit beyond me that. And, and the fact is when the revelation is right, when the time is right, it just, have you ever bought a book think, oh, I can't get into that, put it on the shelf and then uh, even a year, two year down the line, you pick it up and oh, I'll have another look at this. And it's like, wow, it really makes sense. And it's because of Excuse me, it's because of the journey that we're on, that we're learning and we're growing and, and we are on a journey. And I suppose one of the things I really want to reiterate this morning is that don't rush your journey. Enjoy every single day. I was with two of my friends on Monday and we were friends in church from being young, young, about 11 year old we were. And... Um, they're only just coming to know about, the fact they've asked me, please come and tell us about this God that you say loves us. And we've been building up over five years and, and I sat down with them on Monday and went through the word and they were flabbergasted. Um, 
about God's, that God really loved them, that he really was a dad and he really was a father. And, and I looked at them and one of them said, I've always wanted to be like you, Anne. Oh, I said, no. I said, I was just full of religion. Oh, but I always wanted to be like you. And I had to take her away from that and say, look, this is your, she's 71, this is your journey. And it goes on and on, even when we go into eternity to be with Jesus in heaven, whatever it is, around or in there or whatever, we are still learning. We never, ever stop learning. I remember, uh, bro uh, was it Brother Copeland? Uh, I can't remember. It was one of the faith ministers and, and he, God took him to heaven and and, and he saw some of the most wonderful things. In fact, I'm sure you've read of people who've been to heaven yet. Well, you know, it's great, you know. Um, I've not actually, I've been in visions and dreams and stuff, but I've not actually gone there. But when, shortly after, and I'm still not getting onto this, am I? But it don't matter, does it? We just let the Lord. Sometimes you can learn from stories, can't you? But on the fact of learning, still learning when you get to heaven, it was only about um, a month after Danny, Daniel, my son, had died, and he was 35 when he died. Um, and God, God was just loving on me, just looking after me. And I had this uh, dream, a vision, I can't remember which it was. And in this dream, I saw this little boy, and he had um, little short pants on and a little cap and a little school blazer and he, he were about he were about this high and I, I didn't recognise him and, and I said oh gosh that and, and, and there was this massive big lion and uh, this little boy I had older than me I'm into lions I'm into lions See, I love lions <laughs> and my husband bought me one it cost £60 but oh it comes to bed every night with me <laughs> I know isn't it weird I never had a childhood you see <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but he had all of the mane of this lion. And God, that, that Jesus, was taking him along the, um, how would you say, the uh, creation, the planets, the stars, the moon. And it was all in 3D. They were like trees. And then another dimension where this little boy was with the lion. And then another dimension with all the planets. It was awesome absolutely awesome and I said to I said to the Lord that little boy looks like he's in a private school you know a school that you go and pay money for and they and they live there and um he says well actually Anne he is and when he turned around it was my little Daniel when he was a little boy he said and I'm teaching him all about creation I'll tell you what Boy, I thought that were amazing. And he was 35 year old and God had taken him to heaven. And you know what we were saying about last week about becoming as a child? You know, don't lose that. You know, get happy, get free, be, be, get excited, be passionate about who you are and what Jesus has done for you. It, 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 it's, it renews you, it keeps you young. It keeps you fit because it's the truth and it's just just amazing. And I tell you what, that was just another... Um, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Just another, like, 
mark on dad being dad. That scripture from, I, I, told, I think I mentioned last week, from the Lord's my shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, yeah? That he comforts me. My rod and thy staff, rod, <coughs> not bringing it in now, but I, but I feel like I, I need to. <coughs> in the Old Testament, when Jacob was an old man, he had a stick. They, all, they had sticks. And whenever God did anything for them, they used to make marks on the stick, yeah? And sometimes when we're going through tough times, we have to lean on what God has done. So Jacob would lean on that stick. Thank you, love. Jacob would lean on that stick and remember all the things that God had done for him. And he'd, there'd be like marks out, um, some kind of mark on it to, to re, so he remember what how we brought them through this and how we supplied that and how we gave them looked after his son and all that kind of all that kind of stuff and so we lean when we go through tough things we lean and that's what God was doing for me he was comforting my heart and and when my my, my my young girl Ruth went to heaven. The same thing. He's such a loving father, and there's always a scripture is always there to back it up. So I'll tell you more about that later, even though I've told you a bit about it now. But the fact is, we are always learning. So don't rush the journey. Enjoy the ride. Even the tough ones, he's still there, and he's never going to leave you. Okay, let's get on to this psalm now. <clears throat> so, the truth is that Jesus was not forsaken by his father and the lie is that God uh, turned his back on his son. And I'm going to show you, hopefully, by Holy Spirit, some of the scriptures that, from this very psalm that reiterate that God did not forsake his son. So... <clears throat> The psalm starts off by, with this haunting cry of, from the Bible, from Jesus, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And both in the book of Matthew and Mark tells us that Jesus took up this cry when he was dying on the cross. Now, it's very natural for us, steeped as we are in Western religious framework, to see this cry as a supreme expression of suffering, which it was. And, but also with the dark side of the Father in the background, the Son takes upon himself our sin and the Father unleashes his fury and lays it and wrath all on his Son. And in that horrible, unspeakable moment... He cries out, my God, my God, why are so forsaken me? Now, that's what we were taught. That's what we were taught. I don't know why it is that um, there's been more sermons preached about this than most, like, um, into my hands, into your hands I commend my soul or this day will you be with me in paradise to the thief on the cross but they major on this and I know that I looked on the internet and I found that they 
the sermons on this, and I read some of the sermons, and it was like, oh, it made me feel a bit sick, you know, because now I know the truth. So, it should come as no surprise if it's true, or that's where we're being led, when we lose the meaning. Have you done any teaching on the Trinity yet? Have you yet to come to that? You've done some, yeah? Which is um, yeah, the one which Maggie did with the chocolates and the rice crispers. Mm. Yeah. Chocolates and rice crispers. Oh, we should have been here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, this is very, very big. Um, in my life, the Trinity is like oh, it's it's relationship and it's unity and it it it's so real. It's, I don't want to rush ahead, I want to do, but I keep pulling my... That's why I keep going back to my notes, because I read through my notes and I think, I mustn't get carried away, I must stick to the notes, because there's so much amazing truth and I get so excited, and before you know it, I'm at the end. So I'm going to try and keep... <clears throat> right. So it should come as no surprise if it's true, for that's where we are led when we lose meaningful contact with the Trinity and the eternal purpose of the triune God for us. So we're left with a legalised God of holy anger. That's the teaching. Did did you get that teaching? Were you taught that teaching? Yes. Yes. I, I think it was just a thing uh, how it was. So if this, the correct interpretation of this, if, of this verse, well, what we need to know as true Christians with the triune God, not the legalised God of holy anger, in the back of our minds, we need to find out what this psalm is all about. Because isn't it just sometimes, and I've done this myself in the past, you take a scripture out of the context, context and you can make a doctrine of it. But if you read it in context, it has, it's just not nothing to do with it, you know? Um, We've got to look at the whole thing. We've got to look at it, every verse. We haven't even to look at chapters. We've got to look at it as like a, just a continuation, yeah? I started in Ephesians this month. I'm going to have a read of this because I'm going to just say something about Ephesians later on. Well, before I knew it, I, I was like at the end of chapter 3. And all I'm thinking, this is such a continuation, you know. You, you don't know, because it's just all in line. It just flows. So... This is the cry of Jesus in this psalm. Now, if we read the psalm as a whole, <clears throat> we'll find a message that does not end in despair, but it ends with victory. It ends with this remarkable prophecy at the end of Psalm 22. This is what it says. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will worship before thee. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has performed it. Now, between that cry and prophecy lies a whole range of human emotion. Because we know that Christ took on human form. He was a human being. He was just, as you and me, he just knew his dad and Holy Spirit. Yet, they were mates. They were the best since sliced bread, yeah? That's the only difference. And he brought, came to earth to bring us into that 
position so we could know Dad and we could know Holy Spirit exactly the same. So the first two verses are words of deep despair. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer me. And this is the anguish of the psalmist. The psalmist uh, who wrote this one, as far as I know, I've looked on the internet and I've looked in Bibles, was David, yeah? So he was, it was all this human torture uh, that he was prophesying about. <clears throat> so the anguish of the psalmist is heightened by the fact that he cries to God are met with stone-cold silence. But in his despair, he rehearses the faith of his fathers. He remembers Jacob's stick. He goes back to the old stories of God's faithfulness. So he's on that cross. He's crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But all the time he keeps bringing himself back out of despair and speaking the rest of the psalm. Um, and, and part of that, he says, this is verse 4 and 5. In you, our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and were delivered. In you, they trusted and were not disappointed. So he's not just saying, my God, my God. If you read the old psalm, he's, he's going in despair and then he's coming and he's reminding himself. And, and that's just what it's like. It's like when I were done it... Um, was taken from us it was the worst thing I had ever faced in my life and there were points where I could hardly breathe I, you know you were the pain was so so bad but the, then you, you kind of because Holy Spirit does this you don't do it you can't because you're immobile you just can't do nothing because you're just so full of pain but suddenly it's like somebody's put anaesthetic anaesthetise you so it, it, it's like dull. And, and oh, I was so glad for those times when you could just be normal just for a little while, you know. And, and this is what's happened. He's saying, but our fathers trusted in you. They, 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 you didn't let them down. You were there for them. And then the psalmist goes back into the human part of him. But I'm a worm. I'm not a man. I'm a reproach of men and despised by the people. So he's well aware of the faithfulness of God to the heroes of faith, but he thinks to himself, I'm no hero. I'm not one of those big heroes. I'm not even a good person. Even the people despise me. This is David writing this prophetic psalm. They mock my trust in God. <clears throat> Go ahead, they say, commit yourself to the Lord. Let's see if he delivers you. You remember that they were shed. Oh, I've got angels. Shout to your dad and tell him to send some angels and fight for you. You know, so he's got all this going on. Who can stand before God and claim that God ought to be faithful to him because of his faithfulness to God? Nobody can. You know, the minute we turn in into ourselves, <laughs> we get anxious, we get depressed, we get just all about me, 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 yeah? Because you're, and it's, it's tough, you're in pain and you're hurting, you know. Why should, you, why should Danny die? Surely a mum and a father goes first. This isn't, this isn't how it should be. We, we are there to bring our children up, you know. All these kind of thoughts. Uh, and it can bring us down. 
But then, again, the psalmist makes an abrupt turn and he says, he looked away from himself, from, from the mocking crowd of the people, back to God. And he says, yes, he says, you were the one who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when I was at my mother's breast. Upon you I was cast from birth, and you've been my God from my mother's womb. Then the psalmist again cries out for deliverance. And I'm quoting, these are all part of Psalm 22. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there's none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me, strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open wide their mouth at me, as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, all my bones are out of joint, my heart is like wax, it is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a pot's herd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and you have laid me in the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. This is everything that were happening to Jesus on the cross. Stretched. No man suffered, no man looked like he did and suffered like he did. But he says, but you, O Lord, be not far from off. O oh Lord, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. Answer me. So the trauma of the psalmist is overwhelming. The dogs, the beasts, the roaring lion have surrounded him and are ready to pounce and to kill him. I mean, Satan was rubbing his hands at that cross. We've got him now. We can sort him out now. And he's speaking all this psalm. So he's shredded with fear. He has no hope. This is the psalmist again. Then the psalmist makes another turn. And the despair ends and the praise begins. And the whole ordeal comes to a victorious end. Such that the coming generations will look back upon this event and see that the Lord has performed his salvation. And he said, I will tell of your name, this is Jesus, I will tell of your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you, for he is not despised, nor abhorred the affliction of the, affliction of the afflicted. Now this is the important part. Neither has he hidden his face from him. He never turned away. Oh my goodness. Your, your common sense will tell you God sees everything, right? Does he see us when we sin? sin? Does he see anyone when? Of course he does. He's bigger than that. And yet we painted this picture. Jesus has the whole sin of the world and this holy God can't look on his son. <laughs> I think, how did I? You know, we need to we need to get in the word, don't we? You know, I mean, I've got 
I've, I've got Father, I've got Son, and I've got Holy Spirit, and wherever I go, they go with me. And you just ask them, reveal the truth to me, show me. If I have anything, I'll say, what's this, Lord? You know, sometimes he answers right away, sometimes he doesn't. He may leave it a couple of weeks, and then he'll bring it, a situation, and he's like, there you go. And I think, wow, yeah, awesome. He didn't hide, neither has he hidden his face from him. He didn't hide his face when he cried to him. Uh, but when he cried to him for help, he, he heard it says this. <clears throat> and then he carries on from the psalm. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. That's you and me. And... Uh, all the families of the nations will worship you, for the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. Posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. So Psalm 22 moves from agony to God's victorious intervention and to a prophecy that the coming generations will look back on and know what this salvation's all about. So why did Jesus quote the opening verse of this psalm? Now in his day, to hear the first verse was like us, if we got a favourite song and we hear a tune, I think, and we start singing it, don't we? You know, it, it brings it to our remembrance. Well, in the temple every day, and twice on the Sabbath, they would sing a psalm uh, or, or speak a psalm. And then they would, uh, on the Sabbath, I think they brought the musical instruments in. So everyone knew the psalms. So what Jesus was doing was bringing to their remembrance this psalm. What he was doing was saying, this is what this is all about. This is what's happening on the cross. Yeah. I'm dying on this cross so that your sins will be forgiven so that you can have a direct, remember the veil went in, you can go directly into the presence of your dad and, you, and, and be absolutely hugged and loved by him. That's what he was, he wasn't crying, oh, he's forsaken me, he's left me because I've got, oh, no way. God the Father God the Holy Spirit was there with him. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Oh, I tell you, when I read that, I was running round our house and my husband said, whatever, I said, I found the answer. I found the answer. He didn't forsake him. So all he was doing was jogging their memory what this whole psalm meant. And there's going to be people born after you here too. That's us. That will know this salvation because of what's happening today. I think that is, I just want to sit down now and have a good laugh. <laughs> because he is, what is Satan? He is a deceiver. He is a liar. He's a thief. And he tries to steal from us like we, we learned last week. He messes with our brain. He messes with our mind. You know, he is a liar. So, on the cross, Jesus surely identified with the suffering of the psalmist, but he also identified with the whole psalm. So, 
what's happening on the cross is what I was just saying to you. It looks like everything's lost. Some of the disciples had gone away and left Jesus. There was only, was it John and, and his mum there uh, at the cross? It, it looked like everything was lost. It looked like God had abandoned him, utterly forsaken him to the abyss. But that's not the case. He has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted because he sure was. Neither has he hidden his face. It's there in the psalm. You see what I mean about, you've got to read the whole thing. You can't just read. If we read verses out of context, I tell you what, we'd be living under guilt and condemnation every day of our life. We'd be frightened to get up in the morning. My, my friend Carol, on Monday when we were having this time together, of sh I, do you want me to share? I gave him the, the dancing God because I had to show him that he wasn't a God with a stick, yeah? And she says that some morning she just doesn't want to get out of bed because she's so afraid, she's so sad and so down. Um, but the next day she texted me and she said, thank you for showing me the love of my dad, uh, my father. She said, I never knew I was so loved by father. Isn't that amazing? I tell you what, you jump out of bed. <laughs> I used to sit in, the, in bed and I used to think, what has he got in store for me today, Satan? What's he going to throw at me today? And I used to get out in fear and try, all the time trying to be good, you know? If we sin conscience, we will sin. Yeah, if we're God conscience, then we don't even think about it. We just live our lives. It's amazing. So, you know, it's this rest, isn't it? It's this wonderful rest that Jesus... Cause my other friend, Pauline, I, I, I encouraged them to ask questions. She said, can I ask a question? Very quiet as Pauline. I said, yeah. She said, every day when I get up, she said, I try to be good. And I said, well, you're 70 this year, uh, next year, Pauline. Has as it, as it worked? No. I said, no, because you can't do it. Jesus has done it on that cross and you've got to rest in that. And I think you have to learn that rest, don't you? Especially if you add all this religious stuff. You, you do have to trust him and, and just say, well, Lord, just lead me on and, and just reveal, just show me as we go on. And, you, and you'll grow in it. And then you, when you get the revelation, depending, what, you, you'll get it. And then it's like, oh, it's the most wonderful thing because something happens inside you get more freer you know you get this liberty that only God can give you when you're trying not to sin you just get entangled and you, you get choked and 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 it's horrible so you get up in the mind think what's going what's he going to do today you know because Carol, my friend was saying, she said, I, I, every, every day when I got up, I said, get thee behind me, Satan. And I had to show, I said, you know what? When Jesus died on that cross, he took away his power. He ain't got none. I said, in fact, he told us that he was under our feet. So it's like a piece of dirty chewing gum that stuck to your feet, you know? He has no power, only what we give him. And just went to share about that. So this psalm, is showing us, it's, it's like if Jesus, Jesus is saying, look, this is Psalm 22, read the whole lot, because this is what's happening.
Your salvation is here. And those who are going to be born, it's happening today. This is your salvation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In fact, the cross is the moment when the Father absolutely refuses to forsake his son. Hallelujah. You wouldn't, would you? With your kids, you would lay down your life for your kids, wouldn't you? You would. Because that's how dad has made us. We would give our lives for our children. He doesn't hide his face, nor does he turn his back on him in disgust. Because that's what I thought. He's not forsaking him at all, but he's absolutely doing. Whoa. The opposite. What I thought was wonderful, and I got this from Baxter as I, as I continued to read, is the fact that um, after Psalm 22, <laughs> I think this is great, is Psalm 23, which is the Lord my shepherd. Yeah, read the whole thing. <laughs> Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And then after that, whoa, we've got twi that glory. We've got, I'll go back in a minute. We've got Psalm 24. Listen. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. So you've got his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. 23, 24, 25. Isn't that amazing? Blows my mind. <laughs> oh, glory be. I don't know what I'm up to now. I'm well gone now. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. You are wonderful. Hallelujah. So far from being a moment when the wrath of God is vented upon the sun... The cross is a moment when the relationship of the father and son is most triumphant in the greatest darkness. <laughs> wonderful. You are wonderful, Lord. <sighs> so there is no forsaking. I'll never leave you and I will never, ever forsake you. And at those darkest times in my life with... In fact, yeah... That's what I wanted. I knew there was something I brought this for. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, I had it and it's gone. I'm just going to throw the sickle story in. True story. Um, and, and, and I'm always telling you these things because it's what I've experienced, right? It's, and I know that God, will u God uses them. So our Danny um, had died from a drug, drug overdose, right, and it was very, very painful. And then three years later, our Ruth died with alcoholic poisoning. And, whoa, and it was a couple of weeks after because it was in the Easter break and nobody was working, so I didn't come to church for two weeks because the funeral hadn't happened and I didn't want to come before that um, and I prayed Lord please don't let people come up to me and you know because I just wanted and it was tough because it's hard you know are you alright and all that stuff and, and, it's, and, and they're all being kind 
and and it was beautiful and and then we started um the worship and um Timo was leading worship and w you've have you seen Carl does Carl come and paint pictures here yeah you know Carl and Carl was out at the back because it was in the old building before we came here and um we started to worship the Lord and I love worship don't you I think it's just it's who we are isn't it it's just something happens so I'm in I'm in worship and then God gives me this vision and in this vision um I'm in the Lord's the Lord my shepherd Sam and I'm by the the streams of water and the trees and there is our Daniel now my son Daniel loved the sun right he loved getting brown he was brown all year round because he worked outside as well. He was a uh, he used to clean drains. He was a manager in cleaning drains and keeping the roads good and going to road accidents and all that. So he was always that. But he loved the sun. So any sun, there he was, basking in the sun. Uh, Ruth, she loved people. She needed to see what was going on. So she was like looking round, you know. And our Danny said to her, "Oh, relax." Ruth, enjoy. But she was just being who she was. It was the most wonderful, wonderful vision. So the worship finished and Pastor Andy came to the front and Carl was at the back. You couldn't see him like you can now. Nobody could see him. And Pastor Andy said, oh, what a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture Carl's painting. And I looked round and there are two sheep that he's just, he's painting. Uh, these iPads are a pain sometimes, aren't they? So I normally bring the picture, but it, it's been taken a battering. So, oh, let me put this, the light up for you, love, because I play on this in bed when Roy's asleep, you see, so I've got to turn the light down so it doesn't disturb him. And you always forget to put it up. Just so you can see this amazing picture and this is a picture he was painting you want to pass it round and I just could not believe because that was our Danny and our Ruth you see so uh, and I said to Roy I said I've just been there I've just been in that psalm so at the end of the meeting Cal never he just never ever spoke to me all the time with her. He, he just like nodded his head, never even said hello, but he came straight to me and he said, uh, I'm so sorry about your, your, your losing your son and now your daughter. I said, it's fine. I said, but it don't matter. I said, that picture you've just, I love it, that picture you've just painted. And I told him the same where I'd seen and that. I said, that's my Danny and that's my, my Ruth. And... I said, I need it. <laughs> I, I need to. You, you go and get it. But I couldn't. I couldn't get it. Um, one of my friends in church got it. But I did. I gave him some money. I felt that I needed to pay him. But he said to me, I knew there was something. He says, I wasn't even going to come today. He said, because I'm looking after my grandchild, a little one. And she's an handful. He said, but. I just felt prompted to come. He says, and I'm painting it. And the children keep coming round and watching me. He said, and I always know when there's something God's doing. Because the kids always come round. Every time, without fail, they come round and they watch me. 
Now, you can imagine having lost two kids. It was tough, yeah? Um, but Dad was absolutely great with me, absolutely a real dad to me. Um, so I took that picture home, I went to Ikea on Monday and I bought a frame and I put it up. And from that day to this, I have never grieved, ever. Never grieved, never had pain. We have memories like it, it I don't know, how I many seven or eight years when on a week on Saturday and me and his son, our Adam, we go to grave and we put some flowers on and, you know, just, and we have memories, good memories, but grief, because grief can destroy you. I know people who've grieving and it's like 20, 30 years, you know, that have lost their loved ones, their husbands, their kids, and, and it, they're totally destroyed. This is Dad. This is who he is. He loves us so much. It's all good. It's all positive. Even when it's tough, even when it's tough, he's there. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Whatever we go through, whatever abuse, whatever, he is there and he's absolutely amazing so he doesn't forsake because whatever we go through even though we you know uh, I mean I didn't blame God for what had happened but I know some people can but it's it, it's all right because he's big enough he's got massive shoulders you know dad knows he's got massive shoulders he can take it all yeah he can take it all he's still there he still never leaves us nor forsake us, and neither did he do that on that cross. And I love the last verse. And it says, lift up your heads, O gates, for the Son of the Father is coming home. And he has the whole human race with him. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, that's what it says. That's what it says in that last Psalm 25, is it? 24, sorry. He has the whole human race with him. You see, the whole world is saved. They just don't know his love. A lot of people, including my sister Gloria, I think I mentioned it last week, she was a drug pusher and a drug addict. And she was in prison. She wrote this letter to me, ma'am. Do you remember me saying she wanted to jump in one end of the pool and come up the other clean? Then she got, and when she came out of prison the last time, um, I, I picked her up and I said, you've got to come. You've got to, but I'm not good enough. I'm not clean. You see, the church has given the world this impression, you're not good enough. So you can't come to your house sad. And, and I mean, I've been out preaching on, Openers, I'm precincting in the towns, you know, you must be born again, blah, you know, giving it all this. And they're all thinking, well, she might, my friend Carol wants to be like me. My goodness, she had no idea. But, you know, I can't get anywhere near Anne, she says. So, so I'm 24. Um, I think it's verse 7, that the King of Glory may come in. Now let's have a see. Lift up your heads. Is it not in that one? Well, it should be. It's a translation, maybe, yeah? Uh, which translation do you 
message. Let me, I'll find it for you after uh, Jonas, yeah? But he has a whole, so he died for the whole world and it's, all we have to do now is love them. Just have to be who we are. And we know about that in Kingsway, don't we? We know about love sale, we know about loving people, we know about Canal Street, you know. It's just his love. So that was just a little message to say, he was not forsaken. It was a salvation plan being fulfilled and done. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they were all there together. He didn't turn his back on him. It good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, all this fallacy we had about this God with the big stick. It's completely... It, it, and that's all... I, I think Phil Drysdale is the best on the Old Testament because he explains it so I couldn't explain the God of the Old Testament, not in a million years, but uh, Phil is really good on that and he blesses me every time he talks about that. But I, I'm, I'm in the New Testament, yeah, I'm in what the grace has done, what Jesus has fulfilled and what he's given to you and me, you know. I'm going to be just a small one because I know you have to get home for after and it's, it's lunchtime now. Um, but it's the book of Ephesians is like it's something else you just in the message translation is so good you just don't want to stop you just don't want to stop reading it because every, it's like every line is, has got this amazing revelation anyway I won't go on about that but it's exciting isn't it so that's another one crossed out he didn't forsake him okay he isn't and parable of the dancing god he's not a dad that beats his sons beats his kids he's a god he's a dad he's a father and he's also a mum as well thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast for further information check out www.idestiny.org.uk